The following KOPN podcast is made possible by the generous donations of listeners like you. Please consider a donation to listener-supported community radio, KOPN. You can donate securely on our website at kopn.org. Welcome to Food Sleuth Radio, where we help you think beyond your plate. I'm Melinda Hemmelgarn, a registered dietitian and investigative nutritionist with a mission. I'm on a mission to connect the dots between food, health, and agriculture and find food truth. And today I'm thrilled to have with me a fellow dietitian. Her name is Jessica Jones-Hughes. She is a new dietitian. She received her master's degree at Tufts University. And rather than going a traditional route, either in hospital work or food service or community nutrition, Jessica has decided to work for an organization that promotes fair trade. Jessica, welcome. Thank you. Well, I'm really curious. You know, not many dietitians would be going down the path of working in fair trade, and I don't even think a lot of people understand what fair trade is. So let's start with how did you become interested in this? Right, that's a great question. I started out uh, in the program at Tufts really being very interested in the field of international nutrition and really the kind of program development side and wanting to get into that and just through my studies there and uh, just kind of personal experience became more and more interested in kind of the story behind our food and really just began to recognize that, you know, we're every day as dietitians, we're, rec- we're recommending all of these foods to clients and not really always knowing the story behind it and just felt like there was a huge need for that and also just where a lot of my interests kind of fell. And through that, I became interested in, in equal exchange um, as a company and was one that I really respected and just started looking into it and a position kind of that was perfect became available in the banana world, which uh, is a product that, you know, I think of as as healthy and also something that really can have a lot of impact in the fair trade world um, in terms of really being on a lot of shelves or a lot of, um, in about 96% of homes. And so through that kind of felt like the perfect position that combined being able to really have a a widespread impact in reaching people through a fair trade product and also promoting a product that was something that I believed believed in on a level of nutrition as well as where it was coming from. Well, it's very interesting, of course, whenever I think of bananas and I think back to my clinical days, everybody and anybody who was on a diuretic or had heart disease, we said, well, eat bananas for potassium. But in reading some of the literature from the website, the Equal Exchange website about bananas, I learned that Americans eat about 26 pounds of bananas per year. And I love what it says here. It says, that's a lot of bananas, but it's also a big opportunity for impact. Exactly. So tell me something first. A lot of times, you know, we talk about fair trade. I mean, if people do understand about what fair trade is, it's usually in reference to coffee. Right. Maybe chocolate. Tell me, first tell us, what is fair trade? Right. So um, just just to give some some basics, um, there's a lot more information that you can find out on through either the Equal Exchange website or different fairtrade.net. But just some basics. Basically, fair trade is offering the producers a a fair price for their commodity. So often there's not a 
a fair price that is paid, and so there's standards that are set that for each country based on each uh, commodity, so whether that's coffee or bananas or um, sugar, whatever it is, there's a specific group that sets a price for that. So that price uh, is the minimum that must be paid to farmers. Um, it also verifies that the standards on the, the living conditions um, and the kind of if it's going to be a plantation that those working conditions are uh, are fair for the workers. And then it also has additional environmental kind of regulations and so forth. So those are kind of the basics of, of fair trade. So the workers are going to get a fair price. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's that's really what it what it comes down to having a stable price um, in a in typically like bananas and coffee where the price typically fluctuates a lot when there isn't a set price. So this means big corporations basically based on availability, the price would sometimes be really high and sometimes really low. And this fair trade kind of has this price that just keeps it um, a stable. And so is there like a third-party certifier? How? Yep. So there's a guarantee, that, you know, the farmer right. can be assured that that price is going to be maintained because there's like a, a third-party watchdog? Right, exactly. So so when you see the little, the little fair trade sticker on a product, that is from the third party who basically goes in and makes sure that these standards are being met on all levels, on whoever is working to to import and then also um, on the the farmer level. So as a consumer, we can trust that symbol? Yes, I would say, yes, you can definitely trust that symbol. I would say something to go along with that is really also looking into the, um, the companies also that are specifically because the... The symbols definitely meets those recommendations, and then I think companies also can decide to have their own kind of standards above and beyond that based on whatever whatever they kind of believe in to be fair trade. So that's kind of the minimum, and then there can be above and beyond that also. So are all fairly traded products, and when I say fairly traded products, you mentioned the coffee, the bananas, the sugar, also chocolate. Are, are there more? Well, there's tea, too. Yeah, so there are, there's actually flowers. So in the U.S. right now, we have um, coffee, tea, cocoa, sugar, rice, vanilla, flowers, honey, and even some wines. And then within produce, we have the bananas. Um, we also have uh, mangoes and avocados. Wow. Um, I had no idea. Yeah, and so this, there's definitely a lot of kind of a lot of these things are very small in terms of their quantity and so they're in limited areas. But yeah, it's definitely something that is growing and and which is pretty exciting. I, I agree. So are all of those products that you mentioned that are that have that fair trade label on them, are all of those also organic? No, so that's a that's a great question. Although fair trade does have additional environmental regulations that farmers need to meet, or I guess standards, they do not require you to be organic also. They do encourage farmers to transition to organic, but I would say a majority uh, even of the of the bananas and of most of the products are not organic. Uh, equal exchange on the other hand, all of Pretty much like 90% of our products are also organic. That's very interesting. So the consumer then in the marketplace would need to be looking for ideally both organic 
and fairly traded. Yeah, and to have the biggest impact, I think that, you know, in terms of environmental uh, standards and so forth, the organic and the fair trade together are really both create a very powerful product. So, Okay. I have another question. Mm-hmm. We've, we've heard the term banana republic, and I love okay. the way the, the literature from the Equal Exchange website describes the banana revolution, you know, going from a banana republic to a banana revolution. What is, what is a banana republic exactly? Right. Um, another great question, and it's, it's actually definitely an area that, um, you know, there's kind of a small segment of the population that knows about and feel like a lot of people have heard about it but don't know what exactly it means and is something that's that's pretty important as bananas are our top produce item in uh, in the U.S. So basically what that means is that uh, for about the past 100 years, bananas have been a hugely important item for Latin American countries. So knowing this, the economic incentives that came along with this, a lot of companies really tried to capitalize on this. And so basically entire infrastructures were built in countries in order to promote banana um, exporting. So this would mean that the company would go in and basically build by land, you know, it would build housing infrastructure for the workers on the plantation and then would build like packing stations and just basically anything that you need in order to export bananas to the U.S. It would own ships, and kind of the entire supply chain was owned by these major corporations. And with that, because of the products were basically the number one exporting and income generation for a lot of these countries, there was a lot of control that led to led to the, the big companies having really a lot of say in the political and social situations within these countries. And so therefore, really kind of, yeah, just had a lot of control. And so that's kind of what led to that term, the Banana Republic, where really was just the bananas were really controlling these countries and that, that industry, which is really interesting. So Yeah, it sounds to me like it was maybe one step up or maybe not even from a slave-like situation. Yeah, definitely there was a lot of regulation issues and just not fair treatment of workers and because of the the power and control just really exactly the, it's basically the the reason that fair trade uh, emerged was because of these situations was it difficult for fair trade to emerge like i can imagine you know you've got these five main corporations controlling all of the banana production and then we want to change the way things are working how on earth did that get started Right. Uh, It's extremely difficult, and it it still is today, because especially within bananas, there's five companies that control the the entire, like 95% of the industry. And so breaking into that is terrifying and very difficult. And something that, like, so Equal Exchange 25 years ago basically pioneered the fair trade movement, and it didn't exist at that time, and they did that with coffee. And it was very difficult, you know, it was basically trying to build an alternative trading system, which, you know, in this large-scale system, that's really hard to do. But they were successful and have really, you know, since then, fair trade has just grown incredibly. And um, as you can see in coffee, it's 
something that people are, know about now and, you know, hopefully will continue to grow. But, um, yeah, it has taken, has taken a while to get to that point. Um, yeah, I, I should probably just interrupt this conversation mm-hmm. for one moment to let our listeners know that if you're just joining us, we're speaking with Jessica Jones-Hughes. She is a registered dietitian who has a master's degree from Tufts University, and she took a different path than many dietitians do, and she became interested in international development and the story behind our food internationally and has gotten involved with Equal, Equal Exchange based in Boston and is specifically involved with their fairly traded bananas. Jessica, so during this transition, this revolution really, where we helped small family farmers have a fairer price for their bananas. Was there violence? That were, was there a situation perhaps where the corporations in charge did not want people to be breaking away? I'm not thinking of any specific situations offhand. There's definitely, and I don't think it would probably be presented in that way, there's definitely a lot of kind of backlash in terms of Maybe backlash isn't the right word, but just kind of resistance in terms of, or you know what it is more? It's more of companies, I would say, that maybe are mostly conventional, just kind of taking on a piece of fair trade once that once that was started. And so I would say because of the, the size of fair trade not being huge, it's not being like a major percentage of the market. It's something that doesn't really cause a huge amount of threat to the kind of major corporations, mm-hmm. um, but I think as interest grows, it's more of companies saying, okay, how can we, how can we be a part of this, and, and kind of, and so that's where I was saying, like, really looking at the company and of what their fair, fair trade is, um, is really important, because, it, you know, historically, if a company has a, is the reason that fair trade emerges, and then they kind of enter into fair trade, you know, that's, that's exciting, that's what we want, we want companies to to go in that direction, but for the right reasons. Right, exactly. The benefits of the equal exchange banana versus the benefits of a fairly traded banana, I'm a little confused on that. Yeah, so as I talked about before, there's a third party that goes in and certifies and has um, standards that need to be met, including the minimum price and environmental conditions and so forth. And so we, so that's what you'll, when you see the sign, you'll see that. And then Equal Exchange as an organization has decided to only work with small farmer cooperatives in, um, in the countries that we're working with. And so not, this is not the case for all fair trade. And okay. so it's something that, that we believe is really powerful in terms of, um, really having small farmers be able to have access to markets and, because they're organized into cooperatives. So, for instance, the farm that we work with, or the, the, the cooperative that we work with in Ecuador, it's made up of uh, 450 uh, small-scale farmers. Wow. And so uh, if they were separate, they would not be able to have enough volume to export enough resources in order to, um, you know, be able to produce organically or even sustain themselves. But together they have organized and they have a kind of a central body that is able to purchase, you know, they can, they all have access to weed whackers, for instance, to do um, where, you know, if they were by themselves, it's it's really hard to fund those products, especially on a, a product that's pretty low margin. Right. And so together, they're really able to do a lot more. 
And so something else that, that Equal Exchange really tries to do is uh, we want to build relationships based on uh, creating a different, a different system within trade. And so what this means is, you know, we don't want fair trade to be a charity or to be something that's viewed as, like, you know, we're, we're giving this to, to the farmers. It's really something that this is about creating a business relationship that's fair, that has respect, and um, that everyone along the process is, is treated as a, a fair um, trading partner. And so that's something that we also have done um, and really believe in and um, carry out across all of our products. So I'd say those are the two the two big differences between um, that equal exchange uh, kind of goes above and beyond and does, or what and what also we view as fair trade. Well, and I really like that each box of bananas can be traced directly back to the farmer who grew them. Yeah. You know, and, and I've never been in a supermarket, actually, that did display the name of the farmer next to the bananas. You know, it's... If I'm, I feel lucky if I can just find a fairly traded banana and an organic one together. Many of the markets, I think, you know, for many consumers, I think we are put in a situation where we want to do the right thing when we can. And yet so often our choices are so limited. So what would you recommend to those of us who would like to see more fair trade bananas available? Do you think that our voices really matter if we, you know, talk to the produce manager or talk to the general manager of the store? Right. Yeah, I think that's something that is really powerful. Um, I think stores really do want to to service consumers, and voices can be heard. Um, I think that going into a store and requesting that, um, you know, maybe not one person would would be heard, but, you know, if that's something that there's larger numbers of individuals doing that, then, you know, it starts to be like, okay, maybe there is something, maybe there's something around this, this fair trade, you know, what is, what does this mean, or um, whatever, if you're requesting a specific company or, or whoever you're kind of, you're looking to promote, and I think that, that the more voices that are out there, the more that it's heard, and really can start to bring, bring these products into areas of the country where where people can have access to them. So I think that's something that would be really, really great, and I would encourage uh, individuals to do. I one time read a, a study, and I think they said it takes 15 requests to a general manager at a grocery store for change to, to maybe you know start to happen. Right. But it, but one person, I, I think what happens so often with consumers is that we'd like to see change, but we have no idea how powerful we really are with our voices and our food dollars. Well, in your experience with regard to dealing with you know grocery stores all over the country, have there been any big chains that have said yes, we'll, we we would be delighted to sell fairly traded bananas? Yeah, actually, um, there are a few in the Northeast. Um, we're currently working with uh, Stop and Shop has gone on board in terms of saying that they that fair trade and equal exchange is something that's really interesting to them, which is really exciting as a as a huge organization to be able to. For me, it's really exciting to go into my local Stop and Shop, which um, and find uh, equal exchange bananas there. I and then agree. also um also Whole Foods has been very much on board with uh with equal exchange bananas, which has been exciting. Well, and I think that we can 
we can help vote for stop and shop. You know, we can say, you know, because you're doing this, which is a good thing, we're going to reward you by, by doing most of our grocery shopping in, in your grocery store because we like the philosophy that you have. Exactly, and I would say on on both ends, you know, um, requesting um, when in your your local grocery store, wherever you're going, you know, requesting for products that you believe in, but then also if these products are brought into your store, making sure that you are thanking thanking whoever whoever is there, whether it's the produce manager or the the coffee person or whoever it is, just so they know that hey, this is appreciated and that the products stay there because that's something also where there can be this initial kind of excitement and then it drops off and the products go away and it kind of goes through cycles. So just, you know, keeping that excitement alive um, is really important also. It is. And sometimes, though, and I think consumers probably feel this way as well, is when you go and you ask for fair trade or you ask the the clerk behind the counter, you know, is that coffee fairly traded? And they sort of look at you like you're from another planet. So I think that part of our responsibility, um, both as dietitians and consumers, is to help educate. And uh, certainly by maybe taking a minute or two to say, um, yes, I this is what fairly traded coffee is, or this is what fairly traded chocolate or bananas means to the farmer. And um, I don't know how how we get that, how we get the change to really happen. Uh, I think about places where I've been. I've been at the airport, you know, or I've been to, you know, there's a Starbucks on every corner, it seems, anymore. And there'll be some fairly traded products, but many times the coffee that's sold is not the fairly traded variety. Like you can buy a package of it, but how do we get the shift to be, you know, where the fairly traded product is the default? Right. That's a that's a great question with, uh, you know, not an easy answer. And I think that's kind of a, a it's really hard these days to be to be a consumer. And there's, I think there's a lot of uh, kind of greenwashing that's going on in terms of, you know, companies that are mostly conventional just having like, you know, like you're saying, one little bit of a fair trade just so it can be there, but then, you know, not not ever really serving it. And and it's it's hard to uh, to know that as a consumer what's really going on. And so I think, uh, like you said, the biggest thing is education, education for yourself, and then also for you know wherever you're wherever you're going, um, really voting with your dollars and making sure that whatever you're purchasing is something that you're believing in. And that can get you know time consuming and hard, but it's it's really I think what's going to make the difference in the long run. Would you recommend the Equal Exchange website as being one of the best places to go to learn about fair trade? I would say that would definitely be a good place to go. Um, some other kind of really good sources that I would recommend is there's uh, TransfairUSA.org, uh, which is they are the third party or one of the main third party auditors for the U.S. There's also Emo has a good website, and they're another third-party auditor. And then also the uh, Fair Trade Labeling Organization, um, which is commonly referred to as FLOW, which is uh, based in Germany. They are the ones that put out the standards for all fair trade products internationally. Okay. And their website is uh, fairtrade.net. So I would say those those are some of the, the best sources in order to kind of say, okay, what is fair trade and what does it mean? And um, then also looking into individual uh, organizations and what their what uh, their products are and what their story is. So fairtrade.net, 
transfairusa.org. Mm-hmm. And what is EMOS? Uh, EMOS, you know, I don't have that in front of me. Okay. Well, we'll recommend the trans uh, transfairusa.org, fairtrade.net, and Equal Exchange. Great. And I think that'll be a you know a wonderful um, resource for people. Great, Jessica. We just have one minute. Is there anything that I neglected to ask you that you want to tell our listeners? Um, you know, I I think that I hope that a lot of the messages got across, and just you know, I want to encourage all of us, um, including myself, and um, to really to really think about how we are spending our, our money and what food we are choosing. And, you know, not even, not just making sure that it's, it's healthy for us, but also that, um, you know, it's healthy for everyone who's involved in the process of creating it along the, uh, along the chain. That's a fantastic message to end with. Jessica, I want to thank you so much for being with me today. You have given us such great information about fair trade and cleared up so much confusion. And I want to thank our listeners for joining us. And to close, remind everyone that Food Sleuth Radio is produced at KOPN Studios in beautiful downtown Columbia, Missouri. Jessica, thank you again so much for your work and being with us today. Great. Thank you. I really appreciated being here.